During election season, it's tough to avoid talking about politics. And disagreements over political issues can do a lot of damage, including between Christians. How can we engage with others on issues we care about without contributing to all the political strife around us? That's what we'll talk about today in this episode of Foreshadows Report. Welcome to Foreshadows Report, a podcast in which we keep watch and find hope as we explore the prophecies God has given to us in the Bible. This is Steve Miller, and in this episode, we'll continue our look at how we can deal with election season in ways that honor God and don't hurt our testimony as Christians. We're going to look at some helpful guidelines from Scripture that can inform us on how to discuss politics without damaging our relations with other people, including fellow believers. We've all faced this dilemma during election season. The challenge of how to handle disagreements over political issues. Sometimes the debates can get intense. People feel strongly one way or the other. And sometimes the disagreements get so heated that they lead to ugly word battle and increase anger and animosity between people. Social media and the internet have made the problem a lot worse. Because people can hide behind their digital devices, they say things they would never say to someone in person. What's stunning is how destructive these exchanges can get. We see more than enough of this in the comments sections on blogs and news websites. There's a lot of nasty dialogue out there. Even on Christian websites or Christian social media channels, we can see some pretty ugly attacks taking place. Those who profess to be Christians can be just as rude and mean-spirited as non-Christians when it comes to politics. And Scripture has plenty to say about that. Not just in relation to politics, but how we interact with others, no matter what the topic, and no matter who the person. Let's begin by looking at Romans 13.1, which says, Let every person be subject to the governing authority. Very simply, Paul is commanding us, as believers, to live as good citizens who show honor and respect for government officials. In 1 Peter 2.13 is a similar command. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors. Again, we're to show honor and respect for those in authority over us. And note the use of the word emperor here. Both Romans 13 and 1 Peter 2 were written under oppressive Roman dictator. And note what 1 Peter 2.13 says about the reason for submitting to the government. We are to do this for the Lord's sake. This is a clear reminder that our behavior will cause others to have either a positive or a negative impression of God. That's a very good reason for us to be careful in every interaction we have that involves the government and politics. 1 Peter 2 continues with these important words in verse 15. This is the will of God, that by doing good 
you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Then in verse 17, Peter adds, Honor everyone. Honor the emperor. All of this tells us that as Christians, we're to be law-abiding citizens. We're to model good behavior so that those who disagree with us cannot criticize us for our Christianity, but only for our political position. And so far, every command we've looked at has been all-encompassing. They say we're to submit and to do good to all government leaders. There are no qualifiers. Scripture does not make exceptions for evil or immoral rulers or government. Still another passage is 1 Timothy 2 verses 1 and 2, which we looked at in the previous podcast. Here we are urged to pray for all people, for kings and all who are in high position, and we are commanded to lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. And then in Titus 3 verses 1 and 2, Paul wrote, Remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities, and listen carefully to what comes next, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, and to show perfect courtesy toward all people. Do our interactions with others about government and politics pass those tests? God sets the bar high, doesn't he? All four passages, Romans 13, 1 Peter 2, 1 Timothy 2, and Titus 2, not only say that we should submit to and pray for governing authority, but that we're to show honor to them, to do good, to be peaceful, godly, dignified, and to speak evil of no one, and to be gentle rather than quarrelsome. In every one of these passages, with the call to good citizenship comes a call to good behavior. God ties the two together. There's a clear message here. When it comes to government and politics, we need to be careful about how we speak and behave. Now, this doesn't mean we can't feel strongly about political issues. God isn't saying that we should soften our spiritual and moral conviction, but we do need to be careful about how we interact with others. Ephesians 4.15 guides us toward the perfect balance when it says to speak the truth in love. We should never abandon the truth nor our convictions, but we should speak the truth and our convictions with love. Also, it's important that we realize that not all political issues are clearly a matter of right versus wrong. There will be gray areas in which it's possible for Christians to vary in their opinion. Though we may feel strongly, we need to be discerning and to recognize the difference between issues that violate God's spiritual and moral boundaries and issues that don't. Now let's bring all this back to how we handle our disagreements, the attitudes we show, and the words we use. There is no avoiding what scripture passages say. As Christians, we are to be gracious, gentle, and considerate, not combative, angry, and disrespectful. And we're to do this for the Lord's sake. How we conduct ourselves will shape the way people perceive God and Christianity. So if people are critical of us, or they get nasty toward us, 
Let it be because of where we stand spiritually and morally, and not because we're causing political strife. It helps to remember what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 10.4, The weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh. That is, the weapons of our warfare are spiritual. We don't fight as the world does. One of our spiritual weapons is prayer. As we saw earlier, 1 Timothy 2 verses 1 and 2 said that we are to pray for kings and all who are in high position. Another spiritual weapon we have is that of the truth. Ephesians 6.17 talks about how the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. And Ephesians 4.15 says we're to speak that truth in love. All of this is convicting, isn't it? Let's go back to Titus chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, which is especially convicting. Right after the command for us to be submissive to rulers and authorities, we are told to be obedient, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, and to show perfect courtesy toward all people. In that short passage, God gives six commands about our conduct in relation to governing authority, and we can extend those commands to all of our interactions with others about politics. Remember, God's reputation is at stake. As Philippians 2 verses 14 and 15 says, Do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish. As children of God, this is how we're to behave, for our words and actions reflect on Him. I hope you found this to be a wonderful time of just letting Scripture speak for itself, of letting God's Word speak to our hearts. May the passages we've looked at be the guardrail that guide us as we make our way through election season and at all other times. The beauty of these passages is that they apply to us no matter where we live and no matter what kind of government we are under. Even when it comes to evil governments and corrupt society, we are to pray and live peacefully with others. As we do so, unbelievers will see God at work in us, and we will become an attractive testimony that helps people to realize the shortcomings of human governments and politics and points them to a king whose kingdom will last for eternity. Thank you for joining me for Foreshadows Report. My hope is that you've been encouraged by this episode, and that you'll join us next time as we look at more biblical wisdom for navigating our way through election season. If you know others who would benefit from these podcasts, you can point them to my website, stevemillerresources.com. All my podcasts are cataloged there. Again, that's at stevemillerresources.com. I've also written some blog posts on Bible prophecy that can be found at the Harvest Prophecy blog, which is at harvestprophecyhq.com. You'll find many other articles there as well, written by many of the foremost prophecy teachers today. And finally... I want to say thank you to Harvest House Publishers, which has helped to make this podcast possible.